0: Welcome, everyone, to the Runaways Rundown podcast by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Sorry,
1: I didn't realize putting my hand in a pile was some kind of legally binding contract. The Runaways Rundown podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 106, Metamorphosis, is sponsored by Stan Lee's Limo Service so focused on the road that underage passengers freely sip champagne.
0: (laughs) Pete, Stan knew it was okay. He knew that they were just enjoying some sparkling apple cider. Excelsior! Pete, great to be here talking Runaways. Great to be talking Punisher, which uh, we can quickly discuss here. Renewed for Season 2, which could not please us. Could yes. not please us more, and uh, of course, Shield each week, and also uh, the space battle movie coming out later this week. It's just rock'em sock'em time.
1: Our geek cup runneth over, and uh, you get to catch the uh, the spillage. So, Matt, I am certainly excited to be able to share those things with people the next couple days. Wish you a happy Hanukkah and an upcoming
0: Merry Christmas as well indeed pete the season of celebration and pete let's celebrate this episode give us your recap
1: 15 years ago jonah gives the wilders his three quarters of an acre in brentwood the basement which Catherine notes appears hundreds of years old will be useful because they will be doing things they don't want the neighbors to hear As the rain falls in Brentwood, the pride gathers in their kind of itchy robes, a tradition requested by Jonah. Molly's parents, Jean and Alice, are even present. Robert Minoru points out that Tina has been sleeping with her wand, but nobody seems to know what Victor's going to do with his box device. Leslie, who seems the most knowledgeable and experienced in the ritual, explains Brooks is going to get in it. He disrobes and gets in afterward. Victor explains it was not a magic trick, but the pure conversion of matter to energy in a form that can be absorbed by the human body. The math has existed for a while, but no one had done it until then. The pride struggles with the life it has taken, but Leslie says it's not a death. The Hernandez's claim they didn't sign up for that. However, however, They have all eagerly accepted Jonah's gifts over the years. Jeffrey discovers the camera that has taped them, and Tina explains it's been uploaded to the wizard server where it will stay. Robert questions why his wife went along with it, but she worries Jonah could do to them or their children what they did to Brooks. In the present day, Jonah prepares his tuxedo for the gala school fundraiser. Leslie worries about him stepping into the spotlight. Her husband, Frank, is asking too many questions about the foreign billionaire church benefactor no one's ever seen before. So he asks Leslie what's the right way to meet his daughter. Alex talks to Nico over the phone, and they plan to hack into the wizard servers that night at the gala. Her mom surprises her to train with the staff, which Nico uses to mute her mother. An electrical current traveled from her neural pathways to the staff, high-tech magic produced in the wizard labs with an unpleasant on-off button that needs blood to read DNA. Nico and her mother are more alike than Nico would care to admit, and mom admits Just asking to see the staff or Amy's diary would have worked. Carolina uh, peruses her grandpa's wild art when Frank comes in to ask if she wants to hike the canyon. She wonders if he ever saw divine beings of light. He admits his failure to go ultra and a deeper spiritual crisis. Additionally, pride has always been Leslie's thing. Victor works on Chase's Fistagons after a target practice test run. Chase has to run but doesn't want Gizmodo's coolest man in the world joining him. Victor has cloned cougar wife Janet's phone and eavesdrops on her and Robert in his Jaguar. She admits her husband has been good to her and Chase of late, which makes cheating harder. All the reason Robert says to tell him. He's noticed her bruises before, but she's worried about his reaction, and Robert has gotten her a handgun. The kids meet and have the okay for a limo. Chase points out that once the video's out, there'll be no going back, and their parents will be put away forever. But Molly has unanswered questions about her deceased parents. Like Chase, Nico wants to talk to their parents. Alex wants everyone in agreement. Jeffrey tries to help Alex, who refuses to pretend nothing's wrong. Nico tells her mother she's going to get ready at Carolina's. Tina admits she may have overreacted after finding her in a compromising situation with Alex. On the way out, Nico playfully sticks her tongue out at her father. Tina thinks the gala can be a new start for their family. Nico and Carolina get ready, and Nico nearly removes Carolina's bracelet. Nico tells her she should never be afraid or ashamed of her ability. As Carolina explains, she's always been the perfect church girl. Perhaps she is free to be who she really is and whom she wants to be with. Gert and Molly arrive and get ready, which kind of bums Carolina out. In the car, Carolina openly drinks champagne, but chauffeur Stan Lee doesn't care or doesn't notice as they arrive at the gala. Molly thinks she sees a Kardashian butt, but gets Gert to embrace the glam. Pride is presented with an oversized check for $5 million, Molly's worried if they go to prison, she won't be able to talk to them. Leslie picks up on Frank's growth. He sees he needs to follow his own passion. Longtime Leslie admirer Jonah introduces himself to Frank. Leslie explains Jonah, who used to study with her father, just moved back to LA. Frank hazily flashes back to seeing leslie and jonah together with glowing pelvises in the private meditation suite gert comes right out and asks carolina if she's into nico which she would totally support carolina counters with gert's interest in chase neither is being honest about who they really like operation tina server room commences for alex nico and gert Molly texts Catherine for info about her parents, not so cryptically indicating time is running out. Gert works her literary wiles on the guard reading Kafka's Metamorphosis. The Yorkses point out Jonah's presence at the gala rather than his normal revved up globetrotting. They're worried he no longer trusts them. Carolina downgrades from champagne to well vodka as Chase is caught trying to get her a drink at the bar. Alex can't plug into the server, so they need to go to Nico's mother's office. On the roof, Carolina and Chase talk, and she sits on the ledge. When Gert's guard noticing notices something might be up, she distracts him by playing the vintage Atari Star Wars arcade game robert gave to tina on the company's first anniversary alex gets nico into her mom's office where her dna unlocks the desk previously glimpsed tattooed tough kincaid says tina will be upset if she sees someone playing the arcade game chase tries to get carolina off the ledge before she slips he grabs for her pulling her bracelet off allowing her to hover He puts it back on and kisses her. Robert and Tina thank the attendees as Victor again hears high-pitched noises, which Tina mistakes for his interest in speaking. He outs Janet and Robert's affair before collapsing. Chase spills the beans about Victor's brain tumor. They talk about calling 911, but Leslie has another idea. She tells Jonah of the secret illness, a seeming trend amongst the pride, just like affairs. A scarily quiet Tina is so upset she doesn't kill Kincaid for playing her incredible and romantic Star Wars arcade game. Gert texts Nico to warn her, and Alex, who hide behind the desk as she breaks down and cries, Alex keeps Nico from comforting her. Chase asks who Jonah is before Jeffrey and Stacy get him to leave as Jonah uses an experimental immunotherapy developed from the DNA of someone with an extraordinary immune system. Jonah loads up a syringe quickly revealing he too wears a Gaborim bracelet and gives the vial to Dale who surreptitiously pockets it. Gert, has her gold squadron guards eating out of her hand as Nico and Alex rejoin the party. Alex is eager to decrypt the data, but Tina's crying doesn't add up for Nico, nor does her code password. Chase reports the events of the roof and the news of Nico's father and his mom's affair. A revived Victor either doesn't remember his wife's infidelity or forgives her outside. Jonah introduces himself to Carolina as an old friend of her mother's before Frank intervenes. After Carolina leaves, Jonah reveals Frank actually went ultra. He just didn't know it. Dale points out Frank should have no memory of Jonah as he took care of it himself. Leslie fears their interaction. Molly reports she saw Chase kiss Carolina. She confronts Catherine, who she slips that she didn't see a thing before Stacy saves her. Catherine confirms to Jeffrey, Molly saw everything.
0: Pete, in looking at the villains in this episode, surely we must start with Jonah who looms over this episode like a, I don't know, like a, like a vulture stalking everyone though. Some people see him as a peacock.
1: Yeah. I think that Julian McMahon's inclusion in this series and just the two episodes he's been here has, has elevated what was already an eminently watchable show. He's, he's got that, that ooze that you're simultaneously
0: drawn to and, and repulsed by. I had forgotten how good he was. I watched uh, all of Nip most of Nip I don't think I finished Nip but I watched a great run of it when it was on and, you know, would stay up late watching it and all that. Loved him there. I am one of the few people on this planet to be a Fantastic Four uh, 05 07 apologist I think both movies are fun they're light they're meant to be they're meant to be the daylight relative to the x-men at night um, and he is just so good in this and he's it, it, it's it's James Bond light if you will uh, where you could just imagine he, he's the man that you want to hang out with and the man women want to be with even though the men and the women know he's also trouble
1: yeah, and I think it's a situation where, like I said before, y- you want to be around him, but you know he's no good. And I'm also probably going to go see him for a plastic surgery consult.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of which, Pete, I was watching this, saying Nip Tuck is 15 years ago at this point, and he looks great in he looks great in Runaways. Uh, he is age uh, 49. He looks 49. This is not the Hollywood fakery of uh, some of the other adult actors where you hit them at the wrong light when they are being revived after their brain cancer spell and you realize, oh, oh, I think they, I think you had your cheeks done or your uh, something, uh, cheekbones, whatever it is. Julian McMahon looks fantastic. Maybe he learned from nip-tuck to not get a nip or a tuck. And if you do get a nip or a tuck... Go for a little one, not one that makes you look like a plastic Ken doll.
1: I have to imagine that if you're on a TV show that is centered around plastic surgery and is not a reality show, that it kind of opens your eyes to what goes on there. I mean, God bless if you need a nip or a tuck or a suck or whatever it is they do, Um You know, I'm a 42-year-old balding, uh, you know, white man. So these things are not really in my wheelhouse. But uh, I think it's a situation that uh, he has gracefully aged, whereas a lot of other people, not on this show, but a lot of other people uh, in Hollywood have uh, too quickly gone to the knife.
0: Well, I mean, let, let's let's go from Julian McMahon back to his Jonah. By the way, which Pete, I don't know if you had the same reaction. I could not help but think, and I know this is very New York Comic Con centric, but anybody who's been to a Marvel panel at New York Comic Con knows, at least Marvel TV stuff, knows that there's the young man Jonah who's always first in line because he is uh, he is uh, infirm in to some uh, in some capacity. He's always one of the first people to be to the microphone. And uh, it's always, you know, Jeff Loeb will see him and say, hi, Jonah. And twice now we've heard Chloe Bennett say, hi, Jonah.
1: And then we've heard random people in the queue hall as we're waiting to go in. There's Jonah. So uh, let's let's address the elephant in the room, Matt. This Jonah is undoubtedly named for real Jonah.
0: No question. In fact, Pete, I'm going to do you one better. What if part of the runaways Jonah future backstory is that he is, <sighs> he is re rejuvenated not to look like a 49 year old, uh, Julian McMahon, but rather back to his 15 year old state. You just blew my mind. What we you just have seen...
1: absolutely blew my mind. And yeah, uh, it, it it's a it's and now matt it counts
0: um but again i mean all of this under the umbrella of singing the praises of, of julian mcmahon and i would like that he is also his character of jonah is part of this continued mechanism that the show uses where we're understanding the past and we're understanding the pride more uh indeed more so as the as the kids Learn about them. We, the audience, are also are, are also learning. It's this nice mechanism where, I think they had referred to the um, what was being built as a school in previous episodes. In fact, I'm sure they had, but just this notion of oh, they're building a school. That's weird. And then you have the speech from Tina saying this is where the, the you know the next bunch of leadership will come from. The next. The next bunch of leaders, like her, like her husband, to to lead Wizard as a company, you say, oh, all of a sudden it doesn't sound like moms and dads are villains creating some weirdo, you know, religious school. They're creating a a, a charter school to cre- seed, you know, IT people. Okay, that sounds much more passive.
1: Yeah, I think that's certainly something that could work. I I think in the larger Context, it's explicable that way, kind of in the same way that this high tech, not Apple, but Apple campus is used for this gala. Um, But if we're going to call out Jonah, I think another villain we've got to mention in this episode, although his story ends in a in a far more respectable space is Victor
0: you feel for him as the uh aggrieved party. You also feel sympathetic for his wife. I mean, we've seen Victor at his most enraged. We've seen him um both directly and certainly indirectly, these references of bruises and and things of that sort. I mean we should feel no sympathy for for an abusive husband, period. Uh, and I'm certainly not suggesting in the real world that we say, "Oh, I, I, it's fifty fifty he hit her, but she went into the arms of another man they're both they're both uh at fault, absolutely not in the real world. I'm just pointing out that the show here is able to make us feel bad for him. I suppose you know brain cancer can can do that as a dramatic tool um but you can't help but feel a little bad for him and then then dislike him as he's outing all of this, not just in front of the members of the Pride, but at this big media event with donors and I'm sure channel two and channel seven and channel five and all of that. Um clearly that's brought on by his uh you know by his his condition. And again, we return to there's such depth with these characters. A guy that we should not have any sympathy for. He's a Stein, Pete, and he's starting to, you know, rage out here and still we feel for him
1: when i saw that this episode was titled metamorphosis i instantly went to him and i still think it, it has something to do with him changing i i think these sounds and you know the the backstory that we've built so far of, of the brain cancer and everything like that i mean if you were diagnosed with brain cancer and this guy is the Steve Jobs of the show and, you know, the creator, the the um, uh, Elon Musk, whatever we're going to say, uh, don't you think like there would be a, a doctor in one scene to, just, you know, he's putting the the shirt back on in, in the uh, exam room? Yes, this man has cancer or here you're going to take these and call me in the morning or whatever it is. I feel like the brain cancer is a cover up and I feel like he's changing and whatever's going on with this immunotherapy is not going to reap its intended um, effect.
0: Well, certainly in a, in a literal sense, obviously cancer cells are cells that are not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. So, I mean, we have that as a starting point if they then want to turn the twist of, it's not cells growing at this rabid, destructive rate, but it's actually growing into something else, something that's intended on some, uh, you know, natural level. If not, if not by genetic engineering or design, that's a really neat place to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shades, I suppose, of you know his uh, his vampiric past and all of that—that uh, that of the actor. Um, I, I wonder, Pete, do you? Do you include Tina on the list here? Not
1: I don't not in this episode. No, I think she's cast entirely too sympathetically. She does nothing of a villainous nature in this. I'll give you maybe the beginning. She's in on the uh, recording. Um, But I I, I don't count the the flashback towards the, the larger
0: story in this regard. Obviously, we know she's bad. I mean, all the parents have, have levels of badness, perhaps least of all the Yorks But uh, there was just there was something I found about the character, the way she interacted with Nico. Again, not the actress, not not blaming the acting here, but the way Tina was interacting with Nico, um, all mother daughter. It seemed so genuine. And to me, that that made it feel disingenuous.
1: I mean, it's entirely possible. I didn't necessarily feel that way with the presentation Um, I mean I worry about Catherine at the end of the episode but she's she's built this rapport with Molly that again you know what, what this show has been completely smart in doing is that pretty much every child has questioned whether they are doing the right thing against their parents at some point in this series six episodes in rather than they're evil throw away the key and that's been really balanced fair believable writing
0: maybe not a villain in the story but perhaps a villain of the story i'm gonna i'm gonna give a slight finger wag to the writing directed towards molly where we have 13 year olds silly dumb am i right of course she's She's just a kid. She's not like a cool seventeen-year-old. She's only thirteen, so of course she's going to say things like, uh, "Hey Tina, I need to know more. You know, before we run out of time." Uh, uh, oops, or you know, th- things of that sort. You know, like
1: slipping at the end. Oh, I didn't see anything. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you on the qualification that this youngest character and actress on the show that you've pointed out before is so young. They have to limit her screen time, um, might be a product of, of that intervening as well. They're kind of taking the the direct route here. Um, so yeah, I mean, what I love most about this episode was runaways pram, Matt, they got to go to pram. We got (laughs) to see them all, all dressed up here.
0: It it certainly was nice to see them all dressed up. Nice to see them in, in a version of their best selves. And um, I, quite frankly, Pete, even though you know you and I, as responsible grownups, know uh, got to drink responsibly. Uh, k- kids, you know, to show in this show, which you could say, oh, word came down from the mouse. They don't want they don't want to show these kids drinking. They don't want to show these kids stealing a bottle of vodka. Or, you know what, sometimes teenagers make dumb mistakes and they're shown here doing just that. Underage drinking, it exists. And I'm glad that the show doesn't shy away from it to make things false. The comic book, superpowers, that's the false part. It's grounded because these kids act in a realistic manner.
1: I was not an underage drinker. I have a very hard time sympathizing with it, um, given you know the the effects of which I've seen. Uh, I think that the story dependent decision to have Carolina grab the garbage vodka and bring it to the roof works. The stuff in the car with the uh, champagne, I mean, other than the look she gets out of Gert, I think was a, a throwaway. And the fact that Come on, Stan Lee, that's where you got to break it down and and deliver one of your famous little sermons there. And, you know, suddenly these kids will no longer have any, uh, you know, ill feelings in their heart towards anybody who's different and stay off of drugs. Yeah.
0: <sighs> You know what? That actually would have been a funnier scene if he was like, hey, what are your kids doing? Are <laughs> right? you behaving back there? And just this moment of silence. Stay where it's off
1: like, the alky hall. Don't you know? You're not going to be able to do the web shooters anymore.
0: <laughs> like they then into the champagne bucket. They pour the champagne. Just yes, sir. Boom. <laughs> you know, limo pulls up. Oh, well, Pete, you know, missed opportunity in, in an otherwise solid episode.
1: Let's talk some theories, Matt uh the library Jonah's library Catherine believes it's hundreds of years old uh can we backtrack on hundreds maybe this is like spanish fort era
0: <laughs> um Jonah PT he he was a 49er who went out what well, oh that still isn't really 100 <laughs> i mean that yeah that that pushes that that's a hundred and a half and a bit more but um Let me put it this way, Pete. It's not inconceivable. I agree, too. I was like, wait a minute. This is downtown Los Angeles? Um, Oh, fine. Brentwood isn't downtown. But, you know, this is Los Angeles and, you know, hundreds of years old. It's not like California was uninhabited by Europeans, let alone Native Americans. It is quite a claim to make. So we had better get, you know, uh, I I don't know, frankly, nothing less than conquistadore uh, um, Hona coming in, uh, off right. the, off the boat here or something like that. Right. Uh,
1: to I want, I want a buckle hat and a half cape. Okay. Get Mary Kirk on the outfits. All right. <laughs> Out on the set. I want full, uh, you know, conquistador situation with, uh, Yona, uh, coming, coming off the boat there, maybe in, uh, Santa Barbara.
0: Big, big uh, mustache there, and he finds – I don't know. I, I don't know what he finds, but the, –
1: The high white stockings and the pointy black shoes.
0: Yes. Okay, um, the whole the whole nine. And he'll say, pardon me, do you need a nip-a-tuck?
1: <laughs> um, Molly's parents show up for the first time, and yes, it's a flashback. Uh, But what is their deal here? Gene and Alice Hernandez. And they seem to have the greatest misgivings. And we know what becomes of them.
0: First of all, it took me for a loop. Because I know that they are a part of that initial uh, ceremony with Destiny in the comics. So I had figured, okay, well, they've written them out for whatever reason. Maybe it was just like, hey, one less set of adults. uh, Or to bring the Molly character closer to everybody. Whatever it is um then to have them there it was a i was surprised b i was like that must have been a fun day on set you know everyone else has been hanging out for five episodes it's like hi i'm like the day player here to play one of your best friends um but yeah i think that it's headed towards what you're hinting at that they're now introducing them and we know there's a ticking time bomb in terms of the the flashbacks and and we're gonna see the um see the circumstances uh, surrounding their death. We're going to see why they were killed off, presumably by Tina.
1: This blackmail tape, uh, come to find that the tape recorder they've had there has been in use 15 years prior. Um, Could we maybe upgrade the tape recorder? That obviously it wasn't still in use when the kids found it in the earlier episode. But the idea that in... 2002, they were sending the same caliber and type of video to the wizard servers as they are in
0: 2017? Or is this just a ruse? Pete, clearly they sent them over Wi-Fi via YouTube. That's just how <laughs> it was done in 2002. Um, but yeah, that crossed my mind too. That I understand you're not going to go to great lengths to de-age these actors who are early 40s early to mid 40s i mean all of these adults would look quite different 15 years ago just based on their based on their age and i get the you know if you're going to make a production decision, i have
1: noticed some subtlety with some of the uh, effects they've taken to note the time frame i've definitely picked up on that um, they, they dress him a little differently. The hair, particularly with the women is done a little bit differently. Robert Minoru, for instance, has some gray going on in the present timeline and he doesn't in the past. Um, James Marsters, though, you know, his, his, his face is still pretty taut. They're, they're doing some subtle things with, uh, with the hair there as
0: well. A, I dare say James Marsters looks a little different than he did when Angel ended almost 15 years ago. Um, well, they so, dyed his hair.
1: that That's the right. big difference. He doesn't have all white hair anymore. Uh,
0: I, I will say this, Pete. You mentioned his taut face. Still very taut at 55. Let's just leave it there with, with definition on the cheekbones and all of that. But I digress. Um, yeah, I think that as a show, they're not going to super great lengths. It certainly isn't cut to 2003's biggest, you know, music hit or something like that. I almost appreciate the fact that they're not going above and beyond to be like, you know, to, to go to all this trouble. It's it's a character-based show. It's a story-based show. You don't need to, I don't know, come on in with, with I don't know, I'll, let's see what the Bush re-election is like. like. You don't need to be doing those things. Get in there for the story you need and get back.
1: The Jonah Carolina situation, his, uh, parent, uh, relationship to her, the idea that we've seen him now with a gaborum uh, bracelet. Does he have the light up, uh, rainbow bright powers that she does, or is he something different? Is he even the father
0: Uh, I'm going to take him at his word, at his private word, that he is her father. And, um, I mean, he clearly has not aged. I mean, I guess to a lesser degree, they all have not, aside from different hairdos and all that. But I I think with him, there's the possibility of it still being perhaps not quite as creepy and as ooey as initially we thought. That that it was perhaps... um, Leslie's father, uh, as the elderly, decrepit person in the bed, a side note now revealed to have been played by a different actor, which would have made sense because if I was Julian McMahon, I'd be like, no, you're not doing full body prosthetics for four episodes while I don't get my face shown. Um, but anyhow, I think they can play with time with him as a character to, to be whatever he wants, including, you know, perhaps Pete, not of this world.
1: What about the Tina-Niko uh, blood, the DNA that unlocks both the staff and the server from the desk? She makes reference, um, Nico does, about her being 50% Tina. But could it be something even more nefarious than that, Matt? Could Nico be a clone?
0: Yes, I love that. I thought the exact same thing. I don't know in any way how DNA scanners in our world act. They can make theirs act however it wants, however they want. But it strikes me as lousy DNA screening, particularly from a fancy company like Wizard that that'll accept 50%. And I know that, you know, kind of from a CSI, you know, "Ooh, whose blood is this? Let's compare it against Tina. Oh, it's a 50% match, therefore it's a child." I know that That works because I've seen some CSI and there's the thingies come back that are filled in in 17 categories or something like that. That said, I don't know that... I mean, let me put it this way. From a security system, either it is a match or it isn't. I don't know how it's only going to be checking for half of those things because let's not forget, uh, Nico is also 50% not DNA from her mother.
1: Well, it does a couple things, if I can interrupt. Sure. Amy's... Dead, possibly killed. So, one of the matches eliminated. Um, and two, the idea that's presented here, um, you know, vis a vis cloning or something, you know, more nefarious like that. There's a real world uh, mix up like this. There are twins, Matt, that have used the new facial recognition on the iPhone X and had it unlock each other's phones.
0: That I can understand because they have, you know, I mean, in the case of some literally identical twins, they are also, you know, or, or genetically identical, whatever the, you know, if they're identical twins, they can also look quite identical. We've all seen that um side note i'm going to stick with my fingerprint sensor on future iphone purchases that's just my own thing um let's let's live in a world where identity is a little less uh less uh worrisome and all that but i so i, I can't
1: be... cut your head off and and buy stuff
0: um the notion as tina is starting to warm up and as we are i think um We are sympathetic to her as a working woman, a wife, and a mother. It's 2017. I think that we can be sympathetic to the fact that she hasn't been able to balance all of it perfectly. That's not an ideal that we hold for men or women anymore. And we don't say she needs to be the perfect mom and the perfect wife and the perfect CEO. In her marriage, I think that we blame her husband for straying. uh, And here she is. After a, a, a difficult time personally with the loss of uh, loss of her other, her other daughter and work things and all that, she's trying to make connections with her husband. She's thawing. So Pete, what's the heartbreaking thing ahead? The heartbreaking thing ahead is, you know, this this child or both children she brought into the world is actually some weirdo science thing, and it only gets worse from there. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of Nico as Tina's uh, clone.
1: Carolina, the connection to her grandfather's drawings, the ability now to not only glow, but to hover or fly, whatever we're going to call it. Is she divine? It, do the runaways have their own Thor here?
0: Well, I think that depends how you define divine. I don't think that she is heaven sent. Uh, Although I do think she is from somewhere other than this world. So if if you mean divine the way Thor is, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. How
1: about this Nico Carolina ship, Matt, that popped up for the first time? I, uh, I did not put it on my poll that I ran a little earlier today, only because I did not want to spoil what took place in the episode. And somebody actually picked up on that and said, hey, what about Nico and Carolina? I ship them. And I'm like, woohoo, you can ship them, I ship them, we're shipping all over the place. But I didn't want to spoil it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I was really uh, taken aback and touched by this presentation. I think first and foremost, because there's not enough LGBT characters uh, on TV, and certainly rare is it for, for them to be presented as series leads. Um, that's what they're hinting at here. I don't think that they are committed. Uh, although I think, you know, the fact that Gert is picking up on that Gert, perhaps the most, uh, shall we say vocally progressive or, or maybe the biggest progressive thinker, she's obviously involved in liberal uh, causes has a liberal mindset and whatnot. She's going to see those things and pick up on those clues where, where someone with a closed, a much more closed mind would not. Um, I like that the show is doing it because it just feels honest and it's not about glowing skin or magic wands or even the relatable. I hate my parents. It's just, you know, maybe they're feeling some feelings and I'm not even saying that from like a dude bro kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's just, it came across as just this moment where Carolina is reassessing who she is as a, as a person, as a woman, as somebody with young woman, as somebody with feelings and, and, I feel like it's so rare to see that moment yeah. where someone is reflecting on their own, frankly, on their own sexuality. It was, it was incredibly heartfelt.
1: These young actors. And you know, the the thing I enjoy the most about young people today is how color blind they are and even how gender fluid they are in a, in a positive way. Um, and to think that, With a couple looks in this episode and and some really quick conversational nods, they engage this issue in this episode. I thought it was really, really smartly written and even better acted. And I'm super interested to see where this will go on the TV show. You know, the the comic book is – that is out there and and that is a thing. The Yorkses, Matt – Bring up Jonah's presence. Are they really in trouble? Is he
0: there because of them? Pete, certainly they have this biotech background, and you would think that that's something that Jonah is interested in. And I want to connect this issue with how they continue to be presented, which is that they are the most sympathetic couple of the bunch. They're the ones ostensibly with the least blood on their hands, although I think that, you know, um, involvement through inaction does not does not wipe the blood off their hands but certainly they're not the ones doing the stabbing doing the putting in the glow box etc and that's notable because they continue to kind of be the cool nerd parents that are in love with each other and you imagine you know really really enjoy kind of going camping by themselves in the weekend and having only you know like holistic non-aluminum uh deodorant and they they howl at the moon and come back and you just sense they're a really fun couple, fun adult couple, but they're also involved in this murder club. (laughs) There's that too.
1: (laughs) Uh, Nico here. And and I'm curious to have this conversation with him at, so she is the daughter of tech people yet. Uh, it's Alex who is the tech person. I'm wondering, I don't believe it to be an intentional statement. But because she's a woman and she's not a techie, although she can do this wand, which is techie, tech, tech. So this episode kind of helps that presentation. I don't know if there was concern maybe. All right. Do you make the young Asian woman also good at math and computers just like her parents or you make her the, the Wiccan, you know, priestess type of thing? But is that a statement or am I reading in here that, that she's the daughter of these people, yet she has next to no technical savvy?
0: I believe that's a carryover from the comics. But regardless, whether you want to deliver authorship to, to Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Adrian Alfana or you want to deliver it to showrunners Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, I think the, the result is the same that they were going against type with this um certainly the show you know could have could have undone it uh if if that was the intentional choice of of comic creators yeah i think the fact that she's in a certain sense the farthest from that stereotype i mean what's farther from the the stability of code and the cleanness of The glass screen and the metal frame of your computer the opposite end of that is magic and wiccan and gothic and all of that um so i like that they're that they're playing against that stereotype because as with whether it's carolina exploring her own sexuality or uh gert being you know a, a riot girl social justice warrior ready to save the world because they are, because all these characters are slightly uh, imperfect or slightly off type or whatever you want to call it, it's not kind of a save by the bell stereotype, it makes them feel all the more realistic.
1: A lot of theories out of me tonight, Matt. Um, second to last, this experimental immunotherapy developed from the DNA of someone with extraordinary immune system that's gotta be
0: jonah right oh my goodness this is if this isn't jonah's blood this is like they centrifuged jonah's blood and they took out the glowy bits or something there's no question to my mind that that's are the
1: glowy bits then sold as glitter
0: uh maybe that's where glitter comes from actually that's okay. another
1: All right. it, it, it helps to know i don't wear it uh you know my wife will put it on occasionally i just it, it, it sticks to everything i,
0: I just wondered <sighs> Yeah, to me, it's absolutely, he's, he oh, from a really phenomenal, interesting, amazing, handsome person who's got a bit of Australian in him. Yeah, it's Jonah.
1: And then lastly, Matt, he's got a bracelet. Is that a similar inhibitor, as Chase has speculated,
0: for Carolina with her uh, glowy, floaty ability? Inhibitor or... Blend in with the non-glowing Earthling people. Regardless, oh. I say yes.
1: <laughs> a, a bit of a non-answer. I,
0: I, I think it's I think it's preventing him from glowing as well. And let's see, we had this is episode one hundred and six, right? Yes. So we have four to go. I'm gonna say episode one hundred and eight through some sort of mishap, like a thrown rock or getting caught on a nail as he runs down into the kill basement or whatever. It gets ripped off and. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't stop it. He glows, too. And that's when Carolina says as the uh, as the camera dollies up to a close up. Dad. Boom. End of episode.
1: Hey, man, I, I could completely see it happening. Let's talk about that poll I mentioned earlier. Matt, I had tweeted out this morning. Happy hashtag Runaways Day. As always, Fantastic Geek will bring you its Runaways Rundown podcast later on. Fantasticgeek.com. in the meantime, who do you ship the most on hashtag Marvel's runaways, Nico and Alex, Carolina and chase Gert and chase or Gert and Dino old lace. Uh, You're only allowed four at maximum uh, things for a poll on the Twitter. I hope with the advent of 280 characters, they make that a little bit bigger um, because I didn't have the space, and I also did not want to spoil the Nico and Carolina. Uh, so the results of the poll, Matt, 20 votes here. Uh, 45% of those votes went for Gert and Chase. 25% went to Nico and Alex. 20 to Carolina and Chase. Uh, a token 10% to Gert and Old Lace. And uh, John Hike, at John Hike. H uh, I K E J O N H I K E not J O H N um, on Twitter uh, asked, where's the Carolina and Nico button um, emoji scream emoji face. And uh, like I said, I told him I didn't want to spoil the episode. He replied totally fair. I realize that now, although I thought it was pretty obvious Carolina had a thing for Nico in last week's app. I forget the scene exactly. It was just the way she was acting around Nico. Props to Virginia Gardner's acting skills. A tweet, Matt, that Virginia Gardner, uh, the Carolina actress, also liked.
0: Ah, very nice indeed. And I would say, truly, that's the uh, that's my vote as well. I just, I mean, to me, there's just, there's something so refreshing about it. Uh, even beyond the same-sex presentation, I think just... I know there's, there's that honesty there of, of you took the words out of anew. my mouth. It, it felt real. It didn't feel forced
1: or the type of thing like, okay, we're going to check a box. And, and again, it's credit to this cast. It's it's credit to the production that they're organically working this in because there's never been a time in the, human history where this is more acceptable by young people than right now
0: yeah that i mean that that's that's part of what makes this show great i know every time we watch it's got these ads and some of the ads are you know like it's not quite visit los angeles but it's like hey we're the cast of runaways talking about how things are so contemporary and wonderful and multi-ethnic and multi-everything And the commercial kind of gets on my nerves because I see it multiple times every time we watch an episode. But the spirit of it, it Mm -hmm. truly is something that the show is celebrating and something that I hope we can all celebrate.
1: Speaking of celebrate, Matt, we have to take a moment to celebrate our patrons to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Particularly since the last time we brought you our runaways, Patreon decided to sneak attack. It's uh, contributors, uh, not us, you, the people who uh, contribute by adding a fee to that, which Fantastic Geek is not down with. But because they're the coke of uh, crowdsourcing when it comes to this type of contact content, we're kind of stuck with, unless one of our awesome technical listeners wants to start up a new one, give, give me a shout. <laughs>
0: Yes, we appreciate that people stuck with us. We appreciate that we continue to be listener supported, and uh, particularly in this busy time, and particularly when some of the uh, financial cows come home to roost. If cows do roost, um, we appreciate that that uh, that our listeners are helping us out. So always so thankful of our patrons on Patreon dot com slash fantastic geek but pete the best of all if the cows are coming home to roost you can still get the milk for free on twitter <laughs> how can people talk to you there
1: you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r j k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 9702 followers can't be wrong
0: And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast any time you like. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with the P and H. Visit fantasticgeek.com. Email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com
1: forward slash fantasticgeek with the P-H. All one word. Like it
0: today. Well, Pete, for those listening to us on the Runaways Rundown podcast feed, I know we will be back next Tuesday in the interim. If you're catching us on the Pop Culture podcast feed, we have a Punisher on Thursday, a Star Wars on Friday, and a S.H.I.E.L.D. on Saturday, and a Punisher on Sunday or Monday. Is that right?
1: they're all running together at this point matt i i know we're gonna have content all the next week all the following week it just doesn't stop and I couldn't be happier bringing this all to you so thanks for being a part of it thanks for listening
0: well pete this runaways rundown has run down so with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final words.
1: you never really know what's going on in someone's mind even someone you love
2: I put my foot on the gas, we almost got whiplash, I took off so fast, the sunroof was open, the music was high, and this girl's hand was steadily moving up my thigh, she had opened up three buttons on her shirt so far, I guess that's why I didn't notice that police car, we're doing 90 in my mom's new portion, to make this long story short, short, when the cop pulled me over I was scared as hell, The car was impounded. There was no way for me to avoid being grounded. My parents had to come off a of vacation to get me. I'd rather be in jail than to have my father hit me. My parents walked in and I got my grip. said, Uh, mom, dad, how was your trip? They didn't speak. I said, I want to plead my case. But my father just shoved me in the car by my face. That was a hard ride home. I don't know how I survived it. They took turns. One would beat me while the other one was driving. I can't believe it. I just made a mistake. Well, understand no matter time no place so to you other kids all across the land take it from me parents just don't understand